from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, host of the Ken Coleman Show, and author of the number one best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, Career and Jobs Expert is my co-host today. You've got questions about careers and jobs, this be your day to jump in. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Kelly is with us in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you. You too. What's up? Okay, so I'm 53 years old. I'm a kindergarten teacher, and um, I got remarried my second marriage five years ago. And when I did that, I moved into my husband's home and uh, I was very, very attached to my family home that I had raised my children. So I kept it and I rented it. And um, my first four years, I had a military family. They were fantastic. I loved them. They were wonderful. And they got transferred. So they left and I took a new family who stopped paying me. Wait a minute, they stopped paying you? Yeah, they stopped paying. They did not pay June rent, and then they didn't pay July, and now they're not paying August. Why? Um, Because they're scumbags. Why are you tolerating um, this? Well, that's why I'm calling you. So what, happened, so what I've done so far is I, um, I went back with my realtor, and um, I started the process. Uh, I sent them the notice um, with the full balance owed, you know, gave them a week to pay it. And then if not, the, notifying them that I was beginning the eviction process. Mm-hmm. Um, they're guiding me along. I just know that you are the expert on it. So that's why I called you. Um, when did the I, eviction, when does the eviction notice go out? Well, I'm, they got the letter yesterday Dating what they owed and and advising them they had a week to pay or the eviction process starts. Okay, so a week from today the eviction process starts. Correct, correct. Okay. Um, so I just want to tell you this really quick because it's very important to me. Um, I told you I had that was my family home where I raised my children, mm-hmm. and when I was thirty nine years old, I had been married for eighteen years. And my husband came home, and he had a girlfriend, and he walked out the door like that. And when our divorce was finalized, I was upside down on that house, $50,000. I had not a dime. And he paid me a monthly amount, which he paid faithfully. And from that, I now have $160,000 in mutual funds. I have a pension. I have a job. I have, um, my house is worth 300. I owe 200. So I really turned it around. Yeah, you did. That's impressive. Yeah, I did. Good for you. I did. Yes. And so this is very emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-husband, um, him and I became good friends. We worked it out. We raised our children. Three years ago, he had a heart attack and died. He left my daughter's money. They are, they're young, 24, 25 years old. And my daughter wants to buy that house. She wasn't ready yet. 
She was finishing college. Mm-hmm. She, I didn't want to rush her. She's, you know, she felt young mm-hmm. and to take care of a large a home. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason I rented it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the intention is that she'll buy it. She's mm-hmm. got the funds to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, you know, we're not ready to do that yet. Okay. Um, she's so just evict the, evict the scumburgers. Right. So, okay. so I, I just, what do I do? I just get a lawyer and go to court. Like, how does yep. that work? Yep. Well, it okay. works different in every state. And I okay. don't know the laws in New Jersey. I'm going okay. to be, uh, I'm going to make an assumption that they're more difficult to evict in New Jersey than they are in Tennessee. In Tennessee, oh, uh, everything's pretty yeah. easy. Uh, people right. don't pay. We put them out. It's pretty simple. Right. Uh, you, you may right. have to go through a whole different rigmarole there than I don't know. I don't know what the, what right. your law, do you, do you have a written lease with these scummy people? Yes. Okay. Yes, go. I do. Okay. I went through a realtor and I have okay. a lease. Ask your realtor who they use, what attorney they use for evictions. Okay. And call that attorney when you get as soon as you get the name, and send them okay. a copy of the lease, and tell them to start the process, uh, and tell them what you've done, and as, okay. so, as long as you have followed what the law says on proper notice, and everything in your area, then just proceed with the eviction, and don't stop the process for anything okay. except these people leaving your home. Okay. Unless the law requires you to. Okay. So meaning if they were to pay me some money, don't stop. No, no, don't, don't accept money. They need, they need to move. Okay. They need to move. They have, okay. bro- they have broken trust and we don't want them there anymore under any circumstances. Even okay. if they and, bring you a hundred percent current, they need to leave. Yes. I, I feel the same. I don't trust them at all. Um, and my, just one final question. Um, you know, I'm paying, um, sorry, I got myself together now. I am, you know, I'm paying my, uh, bills on that home mm-hmm. i use, I mm-hmm. use my emergency fund thank the good lord that i have one mm-hmm. um, and i'm continuing to use that i'm trying to prepare just mentally um for how long i might think i mean this can't go on for more than a year can it i have no idea in new jersey you need to okay. talk to an attorney and they'll tell you exactly i can get them out in Fair 21 enough. days in tennessee but wow. in jersey i don't have any idea okay and Fair so I, my guess is it's probably a, a three-month to a six-month program there, but I really don't know. Some states require ridiculous notice, and they require six different kinds of notices, and they require you to do it certified mail, and you have to be able to do all this stuff. So you may have to start over on the demand letter that you did because you may may have done it without good legal advice. Um, And so, But you need to find out exactly what the process is and don't miss a day on the process. Tighten up that calendar because what people do is, is they, they go, oh, well, you've got 30 days and then they wait 40 days to do the next thing. No, do it at 31, 30 days and 10 minutes. Okay. And then Uh, right on the wire on everything and move them out as fast as you possibly can. And, um, because here's your other problem. Every day they stay there disrespecting you. There is a day they're more likely to tear up your house. Agreed. In addition to this, and you're not going to get any money out of these deadbeats, probably. All you're going to get from this is is a PhD in evictions. You're going to get a a degree, a new certificate on how to do evictions. You're going to know how to do it now in your state. So find out what the law is in Jersey. Follow the law exactly and start immediately. And don't miss a deadline. Hit every 
every every milestone, every marker exactly on the head and move them and push them and move them and push them and move them and push them. This is The Ramsey Show. I've recommended Simply Safe Home Security for years, and over that time, they've just gotten better and better while remaining in amazing value. Their monitoring costs less than a dollar a day. Plus, unlike traditional home security providers, Simply Safe has no contract and no hidden fees. So don't wait to protect your home. Visit simplysafedirect.com right now and get a special 20% off. Simplysafedirect.com. There is no safe like Simply Safe. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Kay is with us in Amsterdam. Hi, Kay. How are you? Hi there. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm really excited to talk with you, gentlemen. I need advice and I need help. Well, we're here to help. How can we do it today? Well, here's my question. Um, I've been listening to you for a while, and I know how you feel about taking money out of retirement to buy a home. Um, My situation is that I'm currently living in the Netherlands and I will be returning to the U S within a year. And I would like to be able to buy a home. All I have is what's invested in stocks, bonds, savings. However, I am one of your statistics. I am an elementary school teacher with a net worth of a million, but it sounds better than it really is because I have no social security. I have no 401ks. Oh, excuse me. I do have 401k, but I have no Roth. I don't have any of those tax advantages. So that million is pretty much all I have. What is that million in? Um, um, it's all invested in stocks, mm-hmm. um, stocks, savings, bonds. Um, I, um, we are I'm recently married two years. Um, we do have a $50,000 cash set aside for the move back to the U.S. We have a $15,000 emergency fund. Okay, so you got no and, taxes on this except possibly some gains if you use some of it to buy a home, right? I don't know. That's what you know, right? Well, I mean, I I, no if you just got it invested in stocks yeah. and bonds and it's not in a retirement, not in a 401k, not in a retirement fund of any kind, in your mind it was a nest egg for retirement, but in terms of taxation, yeah. it's only going to have taxes on the gains of it if it's gone up in value. You have some taxes That's on true. that when I, you sell it. I do have I do have one hundred and forty nine thousand in a 401k from the time that I worked in the U.S. I do not have enough um, quarters earned for Social Security or anything. So, yes, that was my retirement nest egg. Can I pull it out to buy a house or part of it? You don't need to pull that out. I would pull some of the other out that is not in a retirement account. Okay, And use that to purchase a home. Yes. How much how much would you recommend that I could pull out like? I'm, I'm looking at prices of homes, and they're about three hundred and fifty thousand upward. Okay, so if you take three hundred fifty thousand of your million and buy a house, that means you have six hundred and fifty thousand in investments, and you have a paid-for house. Okay, and that takes care. I have no idea how expensive things are there. Well, it depends on where you're moving and how big a house you're going to buy. All these things come into play, right? Uh, yeah. But I mean, if Let's you if you stick with what you just said. If you bought a home for three hundred and fifty thousand and you have a million, then when after you do that, you're going to have six hundred and fifty thousand left in investments. Did I do that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So then it's okay to go ahead and pull money out to buy a house and just put cash down. Yes, I would. I absolutely do okay. that because a large portion of your money is not 
in a in an account that's going to be penalized. If all of this was sitting in a 401k, we'd have to have a different discussion. We'd think about how we're doing this, okay? No, it's just all in stocks. Yeah, it's just all in stocks. And so you're going to move some, you know, you've been saving money your whole life, and now you're going to use some of it to buy you a house, and that house is going to go up in value too. So it's going to be a wonderful thing. And uh, are you going to be working when you move to the U.S.? Um, hopefully, at the moment, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, our household income here currently is 60000 I have no idea what the job market's going to be like there. And you're getting married, you said, right? Um, no, recently married. Two okay. years. Yeah. Okay. Two years married. Okay. So, so, And our current household income is 60000 yeah. So is he American or what? No, Dutch. Dutch. Okay. So, so he's going to move to the U.S. obviously with you. And yeah. um, uh, hopefully move through marriage towards dual citizenship and be employed here, correct? Correct. Okay. But that's also we're starting that whole job market thing there, yeah. too. What does he but do? The biggest thing, uh, a dog groomer. Okay. Well, there's no, no, no shortage of dogs to groom in the U.S. You're going to have no trouble getting that. If that's what he does for a living, I um, don't think you really got to apply. You just get you some clippers and go at it i mean that's how it works <laughs> it is true the amount of money folks you need to look this up i don't have it right off the top of my head but i saw it recently it's staggering the amount of money spent by americans on pets is mind-boggling the amount of money that dave and sharon spend <laughs> on a pet well you're part of that big number is, is mind-boggling yeah yeah it's disgusting yeah. <laughs> but um there you go yeah. I think I sent my kids to college cheaper. But oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, these things, these things are they. Well, anyway, I love them. We love them. We love our puppies. And yep. so there you go. And yeah, you're gonna. Yep, you're gonna do just fine. He'll be fine. You know yeah. what he needs to do is is uh, pay cash for a nice little van, trick it out, and do the mobile grooming because that's the game changer. If you can go to somebody's house and take care of the pet there. Yeah, you sound like a customer. I am. <laughs> it's a game changer. Well, no, I say that, Dave. That's not fair. You know I have nothing to do. That's all Stacy. But she she raves about it. Yeah. And the fact that she's happy and the dogs are happy, Ken's happy. It's a, I have nothing Megan to do with it. is in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Megan. What's up? Hi. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. How can we help? Great. Um, so I have a question for you about renting out the house that we are in. My husband's in the Navy. Um, we have about 96,000 is our take home pay and we are on baby step two right now. We've paid off almost $28,000 so far this year. I've got another 44,000 to go and we are like gazelle intense really, um, should have this paid off before we're scheduled to move. Mm-hmm. Um, our, the interest rate on our house is only 2.4%. Wow. And looking at the rental market, yeah. we can way over like for rent in this area, we can charge between twenty three and twenty five hundred a month, and our mortgage right now is two thousand. Thank you um, for your service to the country. Mm-hmm. Do not keep yeah. the house when you move. Okay, <laughs> thank you for your support. Yeah, do not okay, keep um, the house. Here's why. Okay, we've worked with the military for years, and this comes up all the time. One of two yeah. things: number one, I can rent it, and I I think I'm making money. Or number two, the market is slow, and I can't sell it, so I'm going to rent it. Uh, and I think I'm making money. And if you're not careful in the military, you'll end up with rental properties dotted as a breadcrumbs behind you for everywhere you've had a stop. This is not how you build a rental portfolio that's profitable. 
you're becoming an okay. accidental landlord because if you're living in, where do you think you'll be stationed next? Do you have any idea? We know we'll be in Virginia, but it's going to be a quick, it's only two years. Okay. If you were living in Virginia here, and you had a pile of money in the middle of your table and you said, would I go buy a house in Jacksonville, Florida as a rental, even if I could get a 2% mortgage, the answer would be no. You don't buy houses in Jacksonville, Florida when you live in Virginia as rental properties. It sets you up for a problem. Okay. Long distance landlording will get you bit. Make your life clean. <laughs> make your life simple. Just take the money and go to the next stop. And if you're not going to be in Virginia but two years, then you need to rent. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to do anyway. Yeah, so you don't get stuck okay. with it in the next move. But, yeah. And, again, thanks thanks so much. Yeah, Virginia would be one of the big stops for the Navy, right? Yeah, uh, Norfolk, Virginia is the largest naval base in the world. So you also have Air Force there as well. A lot of military transient in that area. Yeah, and so there, there's a lot of housing turnover because of that big time yeah so that market can get you stung yeah on that and uh jacksonville is pretty solid uh, you, you should be able to sell that house that you're in and be in really really good shape when you're done but way to go megan congratulations i'm happy on your baby step two progress that's very very cool stuff so yeah folks wanting to own rental real estate is like one of the biggest things in america right now mm-hmm. everybody wants to own some But let me just tell you, it is not a good idea Mm. unless you just pay cash for it and it's in your immediate area. And even then, you really have to have the uh, constitution, the uh, the, (laughs) intestinal fortitude, personality to deal with these things called renters. Mm. We had a sweet lady on the phone crying a few minutes ago from New Jersey Mm -hmm. who had renters that um, she can't get out that won't pay. And so, yeah, there's a process here. Anybody that calls rental real estate passive income has never done it. This is The Ramsey Show. You've been gazelle intense. You've eaten more beans and rice than you knew existed. And now you're ready to make your biggest investment better. Blinds.com is a great way to dress up a room or your entire home. Whether you like do-it-yourself projects or you don't even know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, trust Blinds.com to take care of you like Ramsey would. You can do the measuring and installation yourself or let Blinds.com's professionals handle everything for you. Blinds.com offers a completely hassle-free experience. Count on them to deliver stylish window treatments from premium brands without the premium markup. And you can count on free shipping, free samples, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you can rest easy. That's why we've recommended Blinds.com for over 10 years. Shop Blinds.com right now and get up to 40% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. Hey, if you like the show, we can use some help from you. Please help us. You can help by subscribing. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button. Click the like button. Click the share button. And share the show. Share the link. Share where you're listening, where you're watching youtube podcast radio tv and whatever it is thank you and just let people know we know that you are doing this because we're seeing our rankings in every one of the formats go up right now so thank you 
Thank you for sharing, and we appreciate you putting the word out there. It's a big deal to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. Christopher is in New York. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? Um, so I was just kind of wondering what exactly I should do with my car loan. Um, I owe the payoff would be twenty four thousand dollars, and I owe it's like a one point eight APR. Now I was just you know I, I'm a new listener to you, and I was just kind of wondering, you know, uh, should I trade that in and get what I pretty much owe on it? And you know I'm not upside down on the loan at all. So I'd get back what I owe and should I take out like a $10,000 loan and get something obviously, you know, less, but I could pay off much quicker. Um, so I was just kind of wondering what to do with that. Mm. You have any money? Um, I make about 45 K a year and I have, I'd say roughly about 3000 in my savings. Okay. All right. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, we're always at, you know, you like you said, you're new to this Ramsey stuff. So we're, we're right. always moving people out of debt because your most powerful wealth building tool is your income. So keeping okay. a car payment around your whole life is a good way to ensure that you never have any money. Right. Uh, and right. the second thing is with cars or anything for that matter, that has motors, wheels, they all go down in value. And so having too much invested in things going down in value, obviously is going to keep you from being wealthy too. So the rule of thumb that I started using years ago and we use around Ramsey is don't have any, all the things with wheels and motors added together in your life should not equal more than half your annual income and yours does. Right. So on that basis alone, I would sell the car. The second thing I decide on selling a car, I decide is, um, can I pay it off in two years or less if it is less than half my annual income? Now yours is sold. We got to sell it because it's too much based on your annual income. You got too much invested in things going down in value, but if you could pay it off in two years, would we keep it? And I, I think you'd struggle to pay this off in two years. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. The payoff date is july of 2027 yeah but that's if you just pay the but even if you paid extra and leaned in and say i'm going to pay double payments you still won't get there in two years so you this thing is it's become too big a part of your life as a ratio does that make sense yes sir yeah and so getting if you had no car payment right now think about how much you could save how much you could invest and so you know and then when you took overtime or you took an extra job you know it all be going in your pocket and you could use it for generosity you could use it for helping others you could use it for building you know building up a good 401k plan start to really become wealthy and that that's what i'd look like you know so or what i'd look towards so yeah in your case i think you're already had come to the right conclusion christopher sometimes we're just here to confirm I think it's a lot of times. I think people know what they should do, and they just need someone to nudge them, and uh, we're happy to do that. And I would say, just generally speaking, we have a lot of new people. Christopher illustrates this. Dave, this is just something I lived in my own life. The car thing is so overblown in America. The car has become a status symbol, 
And I got to tell you, the status wears off pretty quick and is replaced by stress. And if it were me, I'd always try to move the car if it could help me get ahead and I could drive something that's a whole lot cheaper, gets me from A to B, then it motivates me to do everything I want to do to have a nicer car. And that's what Stacey and I did for years. And I got to tell you, it, it worked out for me. And we're seeing it today. I mean, we had our conversation with our son the other night. Uh, and he's telling me about this kid in his class that got a BMW, and I made a comment. He mean I went, hey, he didn't get it. His parents didn't. I guarantee it's got a giant payment. So he came home, had a smile on his face, and he went, hey, Dad, I found out you were right. I said, oh, yeah, about what? I didn't know because I don't hear that very often in my house. It's <laughs> something you ought to hear, yeah. <laughs> and he said, what, pray tell, was I right what about? What was I right about? Let me write this Let down. Let me make a note here in my journal. But he looked at me, he said, I asked my buddy how much the payment was, 900 bucks for a 16-year-old to drive a brand-new 2023 BMW, $900 a month. And this is the mindset of most Americans. And it is tragic because here you got a kid starting out. He didn't earn that. He didn't have any money. Kid's broke. His parents probably can't hardly afford it. parents didn't earn it either. $900 a month payment on a brand-new BMW that's losing value rapidly. He may run it into and a guardrail. And you taught a kid that the way things look, the status is more important than the actual facts behind the scenes. That's correct. Behind the scenes, we've got broke people buying a 16-year-old. These people are brain damaged. Who? Put, I mean, that's just dumber than a rock. Yeah. Man, when I when I was 16, every, I mean, you know, every kid I've had when they're 16 tears a car up. A hundred percent. Some of them tear it up royally. Some of them just <laughs> yeah, tear it up a little bit. Of destruction. Just a little bit. Yeah. But the the number of number of teenage cars that made it with completely unblemished. I mean, come on. And so what we're going to do is we're going to teach this kid that status is more important than the fact that we are stupid and borrow out borrow that kind of money. Number two, we're going to teach this kid that you know he gets. Oh God! By the way, the parents are doing it for their status. I know because they get to say, "Look, I bought my kid this car, and you yeah. didn't buy it; you loaned the car." Oh God! That's what I want people to understand. And they're going to tear it up. Oh, a new BMW. Oh, then brand such new, a, such a nice sixteen-year-old kid. Oh God! It's just <laughs> I, I, I am a car guy, and tearing up a really nice car yeah. is just a yeah. dumb butt thing to do. I mean, why don't you just give it to an orangutan and give him the keys? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the same thing. Oh my gosh! I mean, God. Oh, yeah. I by the time I the car, my first car, by the time I got rid of it, it had been hit on every side, or I had hit it on every side. I guess I should say. Oh yeah. And it I, the thing had so much bondo in it, it was double the weight. Oh, the car my and dad was, gave me when I was sixteen was a turd with wheels. <laughs> it was even that color. Uh, I named it the Brown Hornet because of my love of uh, the Fat Albert cartoon series, but it was a way of making a joke at how ugly this was. The paint was, it was bronze at one point, but it had probably 275,000 miles on it. It was a stick I, shift. Got I me want from my to Z, child though. to be safe. Yeah. Then we should save them from you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's painful. But, but the that, object lesson that, was there. 
he got it you know and honestly when my kids were your kids age and they're all grown adults now right. with their own kids but it was the same neighborhood and the same stupid stuff going on yeah i mean you know we i it was in one of the videos i used to say you know we live in a neighborhood where these stupid people buy a 16 year old a new brand new bmw and then you just actually did experience that that's yeah. just yeah. mind-blowing <laughs> oh god because i had to explain to my son uh, these kids that are driving this, their parents aren't paying cash. Well, because their and parents he, are stupid, right? So he had to he had to find out. I said, "Well, I'll tell you what, find out." I forgot that I told him. Go ask him. And sure enough, he had the guts to do it, and the kid told him because the kid's clueless. Yeah, kid doesn't have any appreciation for nine hundred bucks a month. That's a lot of money. Wow. So that's the amazing. point is, America, don't get hung up on the status you of your car. taught that kid that that's the way to live his life. Mm-hmm. It'll take him two decades to recover from this negative lesson. Mm. You know, it's just that the, that you're that regardless of the dollar amount, prestige is all that matters. Oh, you're killing me! This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Angela is in Midland, Texas. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help? My husband and I are new to Baby Step 7, and we called the, our financial advisor to see what to do with the extra money. And he suggested a life insurance retirement plan, and it kind of raised a red flag because it has life insurance in it. It would raise a red flag. It would shoot off fireworks. <laughs> fireworks that would cause me to change financial planners. I don't think you got a financial planner that give an insurance agent. And uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I mean, who? Who? Uh, does this guy have a company that he works for? Yes, it's one of the national places one of the national insurance places no it's a financial advisor national place okay wow i don't know if i can say it on there (laughs) you can say whatever you want to but i'm just trying to figure out who i want to trash um the uh um so here's the thing very few people recommend that in the financial world unless they're in the insurance business very few and uh, so he, he's, if he's working for a traditional uh, brokerage house type thing and he's recommending this, he's, he's an unusual bird. Um, uh, how old is this guy? Oh, he seems to be about late 30s, early 40s. Okay. Yeah, that's unusual too then. All right. It's an Edward Jones. Okay. All right. Uh, it's unusual for Edward Jones. We don't work with Edward Jones, but it's unusual for them. Because uh, uh, they're typically a typical brokerage house, and they don't—they're not usually peddling this crap. So I don't know where this kid's do, where this kid's going doing this thing. But yeah, that scares me. And no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. Okay. No. I, do you have a recommendation? What to do with extra money at Baby Step Seven? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, I personally have been doing that for thirty years or so, um, and I buy mutual funds that I have a low turnover ratio, uh, or I buy real estate that I pay cash for. Okay. And so what I have ended up doing, honestly, is I've ended up throwing money into an S and P 500, no load fund until it gets enough in there to buy a piece of real estate. <laughs> and then I pull it out and do that. So here, here's the, why you do here, Let me explain what that means. Low turnover ratio means. Okay. 
inside of a mutual fund, the percentage of the stocks inside the mutual fund, there's 90 to 200 stocks in the typical mutual fund. The percentage of them that are sold every year is called the turnover ratio. The profits on those sales are all taxable. So if a mutual fund, say, had a 100% turnover, 100% of the profits from that mutual fund that year will be taxable. Follow me? Right. If you don't sell a stock and it goes up in value, you do not pay taxes on the capital gain until you sell it. You understand that, right? Okay. Yes, sir. So if a stock goes from $50 to $70 and you don't sell it, until you sell it, you don't pay taxes on that $20 gain per share. Mutual funds are the same way. So if you get a low turnover ratio, like a an S&P 500 will usually have a 3 to a 5% turnover ratio, meaning 95% of the profits are not taxable until you sell the mutual fund. Mm-hmm. And when you do sell the mutual fund out, uh, you're going to pay taxes at a capital gains rate if you've held it for more than one year, and that rate would be 15%, a lot less than your ordinary income rate. So it's a great way to save money. So, uh, you know, capital gains growth of any kind is not taxable until you sell it. So if you buy a house for $100,000, it goes to 150000 as a rental. You do not pay taxes on that capital gains growth until you sell the house. If you buy a low turnover mutual funds, you don't pay taxes on it. So it's basically tax deferred growth. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. So a low turnover mutual fund and um, click online and go to uh, smartvestor at ramseysolutions.com and find the broker that we're and or brokers that we're recommending in your area. They will not give you this type of advice. Uh, they will they will teach you the stuff that I'm teaching you right now, and they can help you find some low turnover mutual funds, and you'll get a um, an investment advisor that you can trust. But um, it's nothing against Edward Jones, but that kid's giving bad advice uh, there, and that's that's I, honestly it's unusual for Edward Jones. I, I'm shocked, but um, usually they would uh, be more traditional than that. I half expected her to give me a life insurance company's name. I thought I thought the national one was coming, and I wonder if this young man's getting a commission, a little kickback on. This. Oh, definitely, definitely. Commissions on these things are are ten x what it is on a mutual fund. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a big commission item, but even then, the brokerage houses have abandoned it. Are, mm-hmm. are these people, um, you know, like a Raymond James or a. Uh, you know, uh, an AG Edwards or, uh, uh, you know, whoever, I mean, Merrill Lynch, they, they've abandoned selling this stuff long ago because everyone outside the life insurance business has figured out that, you know, these whole life and universal life products are absolute trash. They're horrible, chunked full of fees, overpriced insurance They they get upside down and run backwards before you know it. I mean, it's a disastrous industry. It's an antiquated industry. And so the only people that say whole life life insurance is good are people that sell it. That's the only one. I mean, so, but this kid's only bringing it up because, yeah, some, somebody brought it into some sales meeting, pitched this guy, and he's young, and he just bit because he could say he got dollar signs in his eyes off the commission. So that's oh, exactly, sure. exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's Because, right. again, I, I, I would wager to say, again, we don't do any business. No smart, no Edward Jones or Smart Vester Pros, okay? So I'm, but I'm not mad at them. They're, they're a traditional good company there's nothing wrong with the company in general and, and so i do think this is unusual yeah uh if, if you told me you're doing uh something like northwestern mutual well then i would have said run 
Yeah, you know, right. Well, that's their, that's way their signature. different, yeah. right? Instead, I'm just saying, you should reconsider who's giving you advice. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that, that's what you're facing. So, uh, whoo, wow. Yeah. Um, whole life life insurance and leasing a car are two signs that you are 100% intent on remaining in the middle class. Right. These are, these are the payday lenders of the middle class. And, uh, you know, the lower class, uh, generally they get ripped off by like, I mean, lower socioeconomic ladder. I don't mean right. class, but I'm talking about class in terms of, uh, financial in, inputs. Um, you know, they get ripped off by tote the note lot, rent to own, mm-hmm. uh, pawn shops. Uh, that's who's in there into town. Uh, payday lenders are the oh, worst sure. of the worst, the yep. scummies to the scum. So the whole life life insurance agent, the car leasing is the payday lender of the middle class. Yep. That's what it amounts to. And, uh, you know, that's who rips them off. See, you don't see these things in the rich end of town. No, you don't. You know, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you. You know why? Because rich people don't do that stuff. That's, that's how right. they got rich. What's the ratio of people in Baby Step 7 really needing insurance? You know, you become self-insured. The more she was just see. looking for a retirement. She was looking for an investment. Vehicle. Oh, I know. But I just wanted to bring this up for new listeners because this idea of insurance in general. Well, life insurance, you, I don't know. I mean, it, it's based on, you know. Net worth. If you die, is there enough money to take care of everybody right. that's left? Right. That's the formula. Right. And if, you know, if you're sitting on $10 million and, you you know, the kids are grown and gone and you die, you don't need life insurance. I don't have life insurance. Right. I'm, I don't, but I don't, my kids are grown and gone. They're, they're independent. Right. Um, and there's, a, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of assets left to Miss Sharon. She'll yeah. be fine. You know, so I think she can struggle through. What do you think? <laughs> you know, so I don't think she needs freaking life insurance. So yeah, where you become self-insured by getting the kids grown and gone, getting rid of the debts and building a balance in your retirement and your investments. Right. That's right. That's right. So you got a couple million dollars in your retirement. You got a paid for house. Kids are grown and gone. Your need for life insurance is gone. That's right. And so then the only time they would bring it up to somebody like Angela in her case is, uh, is, is trying to sell it as an oh, investment yeah. program, yeah. which is a bunch of crap. Yeah, keep those in two separate buckets. One of those little little emojis, turds with eyes on it. That's what this <laughs> thing is. That's, that's exactly what it is. We right need there. that little pile of turd emoji, James. That's, we need that. Need to be able yeah. to pop that up at will here with a sound effect. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Well, just put it right there on the old whole life <laughs> life insurance. Right there, boom. Right there, boom. Boom. Right there. Yeah, boom. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Ken. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.